Welcome everyone to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is Anthony and Tony, and this is PRT. PRT is the obviously the initials for Paranormal Roundtable. I had somebody actually ask me what that meant. Wow, you have to you have to explain that? <laughs> yes. Yes, and I'm not afraid to like bag on this person because they became quite rude when I did they ask like, you how to dial 911? I was like, you didn't know what that was? That, that probably would have been the next question. Uh, <laughs> and so I was just, and they, they're like, you don't have to be rude. And I'm like, well, you're stupid. How do you spell FBI? <laughs> What's the number for 911? Uh, so yeah, and then and then it just kind of devolved from there. But yeah, so we have a show for you tonight. But what we're going to talk about first, let me get to the, the prelims here. Um, we do have a Facebook group on uh, go join. It's free to join and it, it's paranormal roundtable group. It's about the community and whatever the stories. Um, and then we have a paranormal prayer group and we have a holistic healing group. It's what else we got? Uh, the PRT fan page, mm-hmm. Wolf Turner, Pam the meme pages, uh, all kinds of stuff. We, just go join the groups, man. We got all kinds of stuff going on. And then, we have the Patreon. Now, the Patreon, but before we say Josh Turner, PRTpodcast.com, that's how you can, um, get, you know, send me your stories so, so we can we can tell them, um, which is what this person did. So, we're, but we're going to get into that. But the Patreon, there's a $10, 20 30 40 $50 tier. You've probably already heard this if you if you listen to the, to the podcast regularly. It's a great way to support the show. The thirty, the ten, twenty, and thirty are all the same, except the thirty actually gives you um, an extra book, so you get two autograph books, and then the forty dollars tier you get one of my books, and then the fifty dollars tier you get both of my books, and of course you get a book from another author, and you get like a T-shirt, some other stuff. So it's a good, it's a good way to support the show, and after two months you can become a uh, uh, eligible to get a swag bag, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and and then the the other thing I got to tell you. Is we have if you're not listening to us on the uh, on YouTube, which a lot of you don't, because I see there's a lot of people from the other platforms that listen to us, and they te- they tend to not listen to the live stream. Live stream is Friday and Sunday, right? Yeah, nine o'clock on Friday, seven o'clock on Sunday. Friday we always have a guest. Sunday we don't. We just retell people's stories, which is what we're doing here tonight on Tuesday. And then we have the podcast episode on Thursday. So Tuesday and Thursday is on YouTube and then 15 platforms. Um, Thursday's episode is always a guest and it's an hour long podcast episode, right? So pretty simple, pretty basic. What we're going to talk about tonight, we're, we're going to, we're going to do a potluck, but I'm going to start off with a dogman story. Uh, and this one was pretty messed up, man. Uh, this guy, he claims that, 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 let me just set the stage here. This happened south of Falfurias, which is in South Texas. And if you've been ever been out, there's nothing out there. And this guy, uh, he'll go by, I'll call him Jose. It's not his real name. But Jose was hunting, and I guess he was seven, he was 17 years old and two days shy of his 18th birthday. And he went out to the deer lease, you know, it was years ago when this happened. And he was with his friend. It was him and his friend named Kevin. And they went out hunting and they had heard stories of a hairy, upright, you know, walking creature. He thought it was more of like a Bigfoot creature, but knowing now he knows it wasn't. It was a dog man. And 
him and his friend encountered this creature. Uh, they were out hunting, and it was November, and it was late in the hunting season, and they wanted a bag of buck. And so they went out there, and they thought maybe you know there had been some some deer had been seen in the area, and in the two seasons before they hadn't they hadn't any luck, and so he thought maybe maybe the deer aren't here. It is you know what's you know what's going on. At one time, at that deer lease, there was a lot of deer, and then over the years, the population just seemed to kind of dwindle, and they thought maybe there was some sort of predator that was taking them out. Had no idea that it could be something of like what it was, what it truly was. So him and his friend Kevin were out there and it was getting dark and they're hearing this howling noise that, that's coming from the distance and they could not um, figure out for the life of them what this was. It didn't sound like a coyote. It wasn't a wolf. It sounded like uh, someone, the cross between someone screaming and, and a wolf howling and wolves don't sound like that. They don't sound like people screaming. And he's, they said that at one point, that was the, they were out there for two nights. The second night, whatever this was, got closer. And then as it got closer, it began to make kind of a whooping noise. Now, those that, that know about Bigfoot and Dogman, you're going to think, well, that sounds like a Bigfoot. It makes that whooping noise. <clears throat> and then they heard like, like, stuff being moved around and crashing through the brush. Th they both had flashlights, and when they were shining it in the area of where this creature was coming from, <clears throat> something really odd happened. And I've heard of this before, but it's not a common thing, but their flashlights both went out. Now, that to me is not a coincidence. Yeah. You know, your flashlights are both out. Now, one of these guys lives down in the valley, down the Rio Grande Valley, and uh, he was down near Edinburgh, and and he was visiting his uncle. And right outside of there, right outside of the city of Edinburgh, his his uncle owned a little bit of land uh, years ago, and he had a couple of tanks that were stocked with fish. And he encountered a creature that I hundred percent had to be a Bigfoot, but it was tall, skinny, uh, kind of rangy looking creature, and it was in the tank. And it was going down into the water and coming back up and grabbing fish. And he went out there with his uncle, which would be his great uncle, uh, to, you know, they have these feeders, these fish feeders that spray the pellets, you know? Yeah. And they went out there to uh, check them and, and add, fi add uh, fish food to it. And they see this creature. And his grandfather immediately pulled out a rifle and started shooting at it. And he thought, wow, this is really aggressive. Why is my uncle doing this? This is, you know... And he said, these things will kill you. He told His uncle told him that. His uncle had obviously no love for this creature and had seen it before. And so there's two stories we're going to tell here. We're going to tell the, the uncle's story of great uncle of why he felt the way he did and what happened to him. And then we're going to tell the story of what happened to Jose and Kevin. So th th this isn't the first upright creature he had encountered but he had never seen one like this one. And it, it had a supernatural element to it because there was the flashlight didn't work. When it we pointed the flashlight in the direction of this creature, uh, of the sound that, that was being made, um, that didn't work. When he was 13, that's when he encountered this Bigfoot-type creature with his great uncle. 
when he went out there, he was working with his great uncle for the summer and he was staying out there and his grandfather had died in a car wreck. And so his great uncle was kind of like his surrogate grandfather, which is something I can relate to because my great grand, my great aunt was kind of like my surrogate grandmother. And uh, so I thought that was kind of neat. We had that in common. So we were talking and he said, you know, this is back in the early nineties. And he said, you know, I never thought, you know, for a minute that the, after that, I never thought for a minute that that exists. What else could exist? It never was like a doubt in my mind that there were other things out there. He's like, but a werewolf looking creature. I just did not believe that. I did not believe that for a second. And he thought what he was dealing with, which when they would, when they were sitting in the deer stand, you know, uh, north of, of where he was raised, he said, there was something out there that was moving around the brush and we could see the shadow of it and you could shine the flashlight anywhere and it would work. But when you shine the flashlight in the direction of this creature, looking at this, it was, yeah, it just wasn't working. And he would see this black mass and, and he goes, there was moonlight too. He goes, and you could see it like moving through the trees. Well, eventually, you know, nightfall came out, came and, and just, you know, they didn't try to make it to the truck. They were about two miles. And the guy that was supposed to pick them up, their friend Tony, did not show up. Sounds like me. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say that that's all too familiar. Yeah. So he was supposed to pick them up. Well, guess what? He fell asleep. So he Sounds went back like to me. the truck and fell asleep. And this was the age before cell phones. And uh, the, the, Well, they had them, but they were just like, you know, these big, massive, bulky things. And he said, you know, our friend didn't pick us up. He just left us out there. It's, it's, it's like 1994 or something like that. And he goes, dude, we're sitting out there, and my friend is just, you won't stop cussing Tony. He's just like whispering. And we knew this creature was out there. He goes, and then about 4 o'clock, he's like, I got really tired. We hadn't heard or seen anything in a couple of hours. We were supposed to be taking turns, keeping watch. And my friend, he was supposed to be watching. My friend falls asleep. He goes, we both wake up and it's about 4.30 in the morning and we hear something bumping against the deer stand, which was literally just some plywood thrown together with a metal roof. And he said that this thing, eventually the movement or whatever that was to his left at that point where the door entrance was. He's like, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this thing move around and I know that it's touching the wall. He's like, so I leveled my gun in, the, in that direction and immediately the sound moved to the right. Like, you know, this was like an eight foot build, you know, eight foot by four foot building. And he was like, dude, there's no way that that thing could have just moved eight foot like instantaneously. So then my thought was there must be more than one of these things. And then he goes, we had this little opening where we could look out of, so we closed it, you know, so we were in there, enclosed, and he's like, dude, this thing is not, you know, it's not going to protect us from whatever's out there. Well, sure enough, that whole left side just caved in, like, and in, in the roof just kind of slid down um, and kind of made it into like a triangle. He goes, and we're we're stuck in there. He's like, the only way out is to kick the plywood out, which he goes, we could do. He's like, but we're trapped. We're stuck inside of this building. He's like, so I started telling my friend, Kevin, I said, dude, I've seen these things before. He's like, when I was 13, it looks like a like a like an ape, an ape-like creature, um, but with a weird mouth, you know, and had like these weird teeth. 
and he was describing, and I said, weird teeth. Like, is the one you, when I was 13, it had fangs. It had fangs like a baboon, but it had like a bit of a snout. He's like, but it was tall and skinny and brown, real light brown color or reddish brown. And it had no hair on its face, but it just had like a protruding like jaw, jawline. And he said, I told my friend, I said, I've seen these things before, man. They just look like apes or whatever. So he thought that's what it was. He's like, and then his friend who obviously had fallen asleep and woken up, whatever. He said, no, 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 no. He's like, I got to look at this thing. He's like, I got to look at this thing. And, you know, right before I dozed off, um, you know, this thing, I think what I saw looked wolf-like. He said, two things happened at that point. He said, one, I got really, really mad at my friend for having seen it and fallen asleep. <laughs> He's like, I was really, really pissed. He goes, I was mad. He goes, and then the other thing I was thinking, wolf-like, then I thought, this guy's, he's lying. He's full of crap. There's no such thing. He says, nah, dude, it's a Bigfoot, man. These are Bigfoot. They, they look like monkeys or apes or whatever, you know? And he said, the one I, I saw looked like a, like a baboon. And I told him, I said, well, a baboon's not really a monkey, but yeah. So, so we, he said, oh, okay. Cause I don't think he, you know, he really understood that that was the difference between monkeys and apes, whatever. This guy's a country boy and he didn't he's like i didn't know the difference you know yeah so i explained to him you know and he said this thing looked ape-like but kind of like a neanderthal throwback type man that's what he the way he described it but i wouldn't even say it was a, a neanderthal i mean it might have been some sort of undiscovered man-like species but not you know but he said it was very much flesh and blood the, the bigfoot that he saw it was in the water and as his uncle shot at it it went into the water and then it just burst out of the water and just leapt onto the land and like just weird it was like like something out of a movie and then it ran through the brush real quick when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply and his, his uncle was firing at it, but he don't think it hit it. And his great uncle told him, he goes, this is what he told him. He said, these creatures are all over this area. He goes, you got to be real careful. He's like, they, I've seen them since I was a kid. He goes, that's the third time I've seen one in my life. Of course, his uncle at that time was already 72 years old. And he said, me being a 13-year-old kid, you know, my great grand, my great uncle's telling me, my grandfather's brother, he's telling me, you know, that this things exist, whatever. And he's like, you got to be real careful. They're, they're out there. You know, he goes, this is the third time in my life I've come across one. And he's like, the first time he came across one, he was on horseback, his great grand, his great uncle. And it chased him and it managed to knock the, the, the rear legs out from underneath the horse. And he fell and he managed to get off of the horse or get, or get thrown clear of the horse before the horse could land on him. And he said that this thing attacked and killed his horse. So this was a, a Bigfoot-type creature. Well, so how did he get away from that? Well, he took off running while it was a killer. He was just distracted by the, by yeah, the, the horse. horse. Yeah, And so he says, I, I took off running a couple miles back, you know, to the, to the ranch house where, where he was working. He was working for a family. And he said that, that his, so his great uncle had no love for these creatures and killing one of his horses, uh, which is pretty, you know, bad. 
So he tells us, anyways, back to what was going on, you know, the current situation. You know, he's telling his friend Kevin, he's like, you saw this thing and then you went to sleep. And he's like, dude, I was so, I'm so exhausted. And he's like, it's true. We were up with maybe three hours of sleep for two days. Yeah. And we were trying to catch a buck, you know. And he says, dude, at that point, the hunting was just like, they didn't care. They just wanted to get the hell out of there. And there, he was like, I was never going to go hunting again. And he goes, and I haven't. And, um, and he's a little younger than me. So he said, you know, the thing that really scared him, that really got him about this whole situation was that he thinks that there might have been more than one of them. And his friend was not showing up. So as far as they knew, their friend could have already been attacked and killed by one of these things. They didn't know. And then they, they kind of started to argue, whispering to one another. He goes, I'm telling you, these things look like apes. He goes, no. The thing I saw had a wolf head on it, and it was black. And he's like, well, that makes sense because, you know, what we saw in the, by the light of the moon was dark. It was black. And he's like, you remember how we shined our light at it? And he goes, it was moving really quickly. He's like, he goes, I got a glimpse of it before the light went out. And he goes, and it was definitely black. And at that point, he was like, okay, yeah, maybe it is uh, wolf-like, whatever. He goes, but what do we do about it? Well, obviously, with one side of the uh, building caved in, there's not a whole lot you're going to do other than maybe just sit there and wait for it to come through. So they sat there, and they sat there, and they sat there, and finally daylight came. And they could hear, you know, birds and stuff starting to make noise. And so they felt confident enough that there was nothing out there um, at that point. And so they began to kick their way out of, the, you know, through the plywood on the far side that was still not collapsed. And then at that point, their friend pulls up in his Dodge because <laughs> we were vo both very, very angry at our friend. And uh, he goes, we got out of the of the deer stand He's like, and we, we're getting in the truck, and he goes, we're both cussing our friend. We're like, Tony, you're a piece of crap. You you just left us. You didn't come get us. You know, what were you doing? What, what was, we're out here being attacked by some kind of creature. And their friend said, yeah, I was awakened by something rocking my truck. He's like, and I looked around. I didn't see anything. He goes, so then I got out of the truck, and I went to walk around and around. He goes, and whatever it was, whatever, when I was on one side of the truck, I would it would be on the other side. He goes, so eventually I look underneath the truck and I see these weird looking dog like legs. And he goes, and it was on the driver's side. He goes, so I jumped into the passenger side and locked the doors and then slid over to the driver's side. He goes, when I did this werewolf looking creature popped up into the window, this was broad daylight. He said, this was broad daylight, man. He said, dude, and that popped up into the window, this blackish, grayish looking creature. He goes, dude, and it literally like tried to like take this weird looking arm, like this forearmed it and like hit my windshield. He's like, and the windshield's cracked, like it's messed up. And they saw the windshield messed up. And then he gunned it. He said, I got out of there and I headed towards you guys. And I thought, oh no, I fell asleep. He goes, I see this thing. It doesn't pursue me. It doesn't do anything. It's just standing there like on this ridge. And then he takes off and he goes to get them. So th that's the pretty much the story. Like, um, you know, I can't really say that Jose saw the creature because he really didn't, but 100% positive that it was a dog man because his friend Kevin saw it and then his other friend Tony saw it and they both said that it was a wolf-like creature, about seven and a half, eight foot tall, and but it was kind of skinny, you know. But it had a giant head, 
Um, I should say the lower body was skinny and the upper body was big. But it just looked out of proportion and weird looking, you know. And uh, he actually made a joke saying it looked like it skipped leg day. Uh, he's an avid weightlifter like me. So we, we we hit it off and we talked about that. And I I told him, I said, what do you think, you know, like, I mean, like having had a Bigfoot encounter and a Dogman encounter, I was like, which one do you think was more terrifying? And he said, well, obviously to me, the Dogman encounter, because I was trapped inside that little building, you know, that, that deer stand. He's like, whereas, you know, I didn't feel as threatened by the Bigfoot. He goes, but both of them, you know, to me, from the description my friends gave and from what I saw, he goes, both of them were pretty terrifying. My great uncle seemed to really have a, a hatred for Bigfoot because of what it did to his horse, you know, when he was young. But uh, so that's that story, you know, and that's pretty creepy. I mean, um, not far from one another either, you know, that same territory, you know, you got like a Bigfoot. Now, we got a story when Anthony and I were at the paranormal uh what do you call it? The paranormal, not a conference. Oh, was it? Over at the Black Swan Inn? The Black Swan Inn. San Antonio? Inn, yeah. I wouldn't call it a conference. It was called Convention. a festival. Convention. It was called a festival. Yeah. Uh, but there was a lot of people there. And there was a lady that gave me and Ken Gerhard a story, and I can't, I don't know what happened to it. She gave us the story, but and it was in that general area, in the Rio Grande Valley, and she claimed that she saw a Bigfoot, and but it was green. So I thought that was really weird. It was like a green creature. Um, and she she actually put it on an audio file, and I don't know what I did with it, man. And that's a shame. But, you know, moving on from that, I mean, unless you guys have anything to add to that, we're going to go to the next story. But what do you guys think? I mean, I think it's pretty sad that the guy had to watch his horse being killed, that that was the only way he could get away. Because, I mean, I've never owned a horse, but... I I would imagine that the connection you you develop with that animal is is something akin to a, a connection that you develop with your dog because you're going to be doing so much work with that horse. If you're a rancher or a farmer, there's a lot that you're going to depend on that horse for. You know, you, you almost can't make a living without him. I have a lot of sympathy for that guy for what he went through, and I don't blame him for just absolutely hating these Bigfoot dogmen, these creatures, whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely like I've heard it's it's a deep connection with horses especially because um i don't know for whatever reason but like a rider and the horse gets really 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 connected yeah so that definitely sucks to hear that and i don't know about y'all but this tony guy seems like quite the individual <laughs> <laughs> no but but while you were telling that story i kept thinking like what if he couldn't come what if he couldn't come because something was happening and i was just thinking the whole time like what happened to tony like what's the reason why he couldn't make it so it's Crazy thing that he also got ambushed. He's fortunate because mm -hmm. he got out and just you they're know, all, all half asleep I mean, and wandered around and looks underneath the truck and sees these weird looking legs. I mean, they both were knocked out too. Like all three of them were knocked out and woke up in in the wrong time, or I guess just in time. I guess. And and what's crazy though, where the that the Tony was. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I forgot about this part. There was, a, where he was, there was a deer stand and they had split up in the different combinations of three people. And he was with Tony the day before and they had something they thought was throwing rocks at their, their deer, deer, deer stand. stand. Yeah. Yeah. You can imagine like a dog man throwing rocks at, it's just, I don't know, it's a weird story, but. That's just like, you start, I can imagine thinking like, imagine you go out into the woods 
And like first day, you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. Second day, you're like, yeah, I, just, I don't like the vibe out here. And then third day, you finally see a dog, man, and it all clicks that this thing's been stalking you for three days. <laughs> like, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, and, and th- this story, I'm going to tell you now, this one comes out of south of San Antonio, Choke Canyon State Park. Have you guys ever heard of that? I haven't. Yeah, it's south of San Antonio, and there is a reservoir there. Um, it's called Choke Canyon Reservoir, and this story comes out of that. The, this one, I don't know what it was, because these people had gone out there. They were they were they decided they wanted to go through there and visit. It was just a day trip, and it was a family. Um, it was a dad and his and his you know his his wife and, and this the guy that told me the story. He was a dad, and it was his wife and his son. His son was sixteen years old, and they went out there. And they they thought it was a really nice drive, so I think they were heading down. Let me see the highway it was seventy two. It was like a like a road, and uh, like I said, it's it's just south of San Antonio. It's not just south of San Antonio, but it's south of San Antonio. And there's like a peninsula there, and there's like a bird sanctuary, and so they went there and they stayed at an RV park, uh, called, I think, uh, I think he said it was called Arrowhead. And so what ended up happening the first night they were out there and they were fishing and just hanging out and there was nothing going on. Everything was fine. Uh, the second night something began to stalk them as they were going down the trail to, from the RV park, going to the, to the, to the lake to fish. They heard, like twigs snapping and branches and whatever. And his dad turned and stopped and said, stop. And his dad was a Vietnam vet and his dad was very astute. He was a tracker. He knew like stuff, you know? And so his dad was also half native American. And he told him, he's like, dude, something's following us. There's something here. And he goes, we need to stop. And whatever it was, they saw like a quick glimpse of it, like run behind a tree now, one of the things that this guy who told me this story, his name was Ed Edward. Edward told me, he goes, dude, we lived at that time in a haunted house. We lived in a house that was haunted. And I would see these shadow people. He goes, and this thing moved like one of those. And so my first instinct really was that something had followed us from our house. And they lived in San Antonio, in South San Antonio. So he thought maybe this was like some sort of spirit or something. Um, but he just, you know, his dad was just like, oh, maybe it's just our imagination. He's like, I don't hear anything now. Let's go. Let's keep walking. And he he felt like his dad was lying. Like his dad was just trying to put his mind at ease. And his dad was like determined to try to have fun, have a good time and not, you Probably know, just yeah, not, not, not scare it. him or whatever. So they ended up walking down this trail and then they end up going up to the lake. And then while they were there fishing, it was starting to get dark. And then they encountered another couple people who were walking and it was another guy with his son and they, and they were coming around one side of the lake and they were all four standing there. And then they hear this weird sound that sounded like a roar coming from the other side of the lake. And he said, dude, if you took like a lion and a gorilla and like mixed it together, that's how it sounded. So he didn't know what it was. And they all just kind of looked at each other and the other guy with his son, they were like, well, time to go. And he's like, we've been hearing that like for the last couple of days. I don't know what that is. And so he was walking back to the RV with his dad. And he said, dad, do you think that there could be a lion out there? You know, and he goes, I was 16 years old. I didn't really know, you know. 
And my dad was like, no, there's no lions running around loose around, you know, that, that, that's not, that's not what that is. It could be a mountain lion. He said years later, he heard a mountain lion, uh, out in Big Bend National Park. He goes, it didn't sound anything like that. Oh, it's very, you're not going to forget no, it. No, it's very unique. Yeah. yeah you're not going to forget it. And so he was telling me about it and I was like, yeah, I know exactly what that is. And so he said that his dad was, was, um, just acting kind of weird. You know, he'd never seen his dad afraid before. So he said that night they went back to the to the uh, RV, and I guess they were grilling, making some something to eat, whatever. And something walked right up out of the clearing in, into the clearing, right out of the woods, right up to their RV. And his his mother opened the door and was screaming and said, "There's something on the other side of the of the of the RV." And him and his dad ran around the other side, and they see this thing move around the other side of the RV. And his mother comes out and she's screaming and she's like, it's on the side of the, of the RV. Y'all get inside. So then his dad decides to grab his gun. He had a rifle with him and confront whatever this thing was. When his dad came running back inside, he immediately jumped in. They just left their grill. They left everything there and they just got in the RV and they just took off. And he's like, dude, what about he's I don't care what they can have, whatever it is. He said that it was like maybe four or five years later, finally, when he was like in his early 20s, and he asked his dad, he said, Dad, and his dad was dying at that time. He was really sick. He had gotten uh, um, liver ca- uh, cancer. And he said, he asked his dad, he's like, my dad's on his deathbed. And I asked my dad, I said, what, what was it that you saw? And he said, dude, it was the devil. It was like this black creature. And get this, it wasn't like a Bigfoot type creature. That's why I said, I don't know what it was. It had a muzzle kind of like a dog man would it had straight legs but it was hunched over and it had little tiny horns on its head and he said that the horns were like yellow looking and it had these gnarly looking teeth and he said that the teeth were like a bunch of little jaggedy looking teeth not real big fangs or whatever and he said that the eyes were like yellow looking and he said i don't know what it was so he goes we got out of there and so he said years later he went back with his girlfriend and she was pregnant and he said, dude, and I I was trying to figure out a way to tell my mother (laughs) that we were going to have a kid and that we weren't married. My mom's a devout Catholic. And he's like, so we go out there and we take my mother out there and we're going to, you know, whatever. And, and so we broke the news to her and she was happy, but then she was like, y'all need to get married now, you know, whatever. And he's, and while we're talking, we hear this roaring sound coming from across the, the, the lake, again, across the reservoir. And he's like, immediately we all just looked at each other, and his mother was like, immediately started giving him a lecture on like, oh, this is because what you did, you know? <laughs> and he was like, wow, okay, so there's some demon out here roaming around. And his mother says, your, your father always told me that that thing he saw that time. She goes, it, it was, and so he goes, mom, he's told me what he saw. What did you see? But here's what's weird. She said that what she saw was more goat-like. So she said it looked kind of like a goat on two legs, but like big and massive. And it was about seven foot tall. And and so maybe we're, what that was was a goat man. That's what we were dealing with. So I don't know. I, I wonder about that story. I mean, I think that that could be uh, what they saw out there and what his dad saw. Um. Mm. Your thoughts? I'm just glad someone responded properly to that. The guy didn't play around. He he didn't 
stick around to try and get a picture of it. He didn't go investigate <laughs> for footprints. Yeah. He didn't do anything. He just said, I don't I don't care what we're leaving behind. We're leaving now. Yeah, yep. that's it. That's exactly what I would have done. I don't care. Let it have the, the, the barbecue pit or whatever, you know, whatever it is I we left. I it. don't care. I'm leaving everything and we're going home. Yeah. Yeah, and, and now here's another one from South Texas. Do you have anything to add to that, Tony, before we move on? No, no I agree entirely. Yeah. So here's another one from South Texas, and I got this one from Edward's cousin who said, he goes, you got to interview my cousin Riley. He's got a story, and he was out messing around, and, and this was uh, right south of Mathis, okay? Now, there again, there's a lake there, and uh, it's called Lake Corpus Christi. And just just south of Mathis, um, his his cousin, that's where his cousin lived, was in Matt was in we're outside of there. And uh, he said this was years ago, you know, we were young. He's like, and uh it was crazy because it happened like two days after I had left to go home for the summer. He's like, and it was right before school started. And he goes, and my cousin had told this story. We were at a family reunion, and he said that that, that him and his girlfriend were driving around with a couple of their friends. And they almost hit this creature that was in the middle of a dirt road, and it was down eating something, and they thought it was a vulture. But when they got up to it, they realized that it had this, like, membranous wings and that it had this weird-looking head. And when they got close to it and they honked their horn, it raised its wings up. They said the wingspan had to have been at least 14, 12 to 14 feet. Holy crap. And then it had this humongous head, and it was just devouring what looked like a, a small deer. And then it just raised up, and it f- took off flying over their vehicle. And I said, "What? What was it?" He goes, "I don't know. It was a reddish brown color." He's like, "And it, but it, to me, he goes, I looked into all these different like because it looked like a dinosaur." Mm-hmm. And he said, "I looked into all these different accounts uh, of of people seeing these things." He's like, "And there was one other one that was c- kind of close to where we lived." And it was the same description. He said, the closest I could come to was a pteranodon. And he's mm-hmm. like, and this isn't a really long encounter, but I thought this was interesting. Yeah. And he said, we were out there and we and it was right there and it flew right over the lake. He goes, and we watched it fly away. He's like, and then he goes, I was a senior in high school. He's like, and we went to, we were playing baseball. He goes, when we played Robstown, he's like, where one of his uh, cousin's best friend that he had met at a party years ago, they were friends. He goes, and we were playing baseball. He goes, and after the game, we were, we all went to the middle of the field and we were talking. And then he goes, our coaches were talking everything. He's like, and then I start talking to this guy. Um, I can't remember the way he said the guy's name was. But anyway, he said, me and the guy started talking. He goes, dude, he goes, hey, I got to tell you something. He goes, I heard that you had an encounter with something that looked like a dinosaur. And so he says, because uh, they, they're, that was his cousin's best friend, whatever. He said, your cousin was telling me about it. His cousin's name was Gary. And he said, Gary told me that you, and so he goes, I'm going to tell you, man. He goes, a couple years ago when I was out Lake Corpus Christi and we were fishing, he's like, this thing came flying up out of the water and it just like flew up over our heads and just was looking down. And then it like turned, circled around, swooped back down into the water, was under the water for a while and then came back up. And he goes, it looked just like what, you know, a pteranodon. And he did the same thing. Like he looked it up and figured out that that's what he thought it was. And so the South Texas, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of doing South Texas here, right? 
But uh, he said, you know, South Texas, there's all these reports of these creatures. And I told him, I said, yeah, I get a lot of weird reports of dinosaurs in South Texas. I can do just a show on dinosaurs in South Texas. But this is a potluck. So anyways, I don't know. I mean, do you guys think that these things could still exist? I mean, you get multiple stories um, of these flying dinosaur looking creatures in South Texas. Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible because... Like people really don't have a proper concept of like the, the vastness of, of land in general, but especially in, in Texas and in the United States, you'll get people saying, oh, I've, I've hunted in the woods my whole life and I, I ain't never seen nothing. Well, the fact is like you haven't traversed millions upon millions of acres of land. Like the, there are places within our very state that no human being has traversed for centuries. So I I think it's it's possible for an like an animal that's supposed to be extinct to still exist somewhere. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you just hear too many stories all around about weird creatures that match the same things you're seeing in these museums and you're, you're not, you can't just look at that and be like, "Oh, they're just having dreams or they're just having nightmares." No, I mean, you can't look at these creatures and not, like, see the evidence of them roaming outside of where you might normally find them. Or you, you find, you know, stories of, of the Loch Ness Monster, and you're supposed to look at all that, and you're supposed to believe that there's no possibility of anything ancient coming back. I mean, what about these stories of people running into saber tooths? I mean, yeah, on one side, it could be... Uh, that they somehow survived, but you could also look at it like, what if it was some kind of time thing, you know, that we've talked about before where these creatures don't just like run around a little bit where it's in, instead where you see them and then they just disappear right in front of you. Like, how do you explain that? Like that, that has to be something that has to do with either altered dimensions or, or, or time, like time blips or whatever, but you can't just, ignore all that i guess and kind of just assume that people are seeing something crazy when it comes to to sightings of, of like dinosaurs or extinct creatures like i think that that that's usually just like a remnant population of of something that we thought was extinct i mean like my whole thing is this it, you could live a, a hundred year lifespan right and every single day of that 100 years let, let's say that you came out of the womb just knowing how to walk and you live for a hundred years and for every single day, you just walk and traverse land, just open land, plains, mountains, hills, forests, all of it. And you would not even scratch the surface of the vastness of, of the amount of land that's just here in Texas, much less the United States. Well, and that, that, the thing you're not you know, speaking about is that's land above seawater land below sea water is ridiculous like there's so much of that we haven't explored so you can't really talking about just in the ocean in the ocean yeah i mean it's, it's a ridiculous kind of a weird way to put it land land below sea level yeah i mean what else would you that's, i mean there is land below sea level that's different than the ocean hmm? new orleans is, be, is below sea level well i guess <laughs> all right whatever but do you, you understand what i'm saying yeah instead of ruining my point just say the ocean well, I was also talking about lakes. I'm also talking about rivers. I mean, Loch Ness, it doesn't live in the ocean. It lives in water. Yeah. So Say like, water. 
Okay, but I was talking about all, the, all the unexplored land in the ocean. Just say water okay, breathing well, organisms. Kind of speaking speaking of point. aquatic cryptids, let's move on here. So this one comes out of a place called Laguna Atascosa National Wildlife Preserve. And this one comes from a girl named Abby and her boyfriend. And they were actually uh, out on a boat. And I, I think she said that they were at, they weren't supposed to be. Or something. They weren't supposed to be there. I can't remember exactly how she worded it. But anyway, the, the story is, is it's a pretty good one. But uh, we've talked before about our friend Starscream having seen something um, in that area. And then I think Chief came on the show and talked about the Cadejo in that area uh, near Port Aransas. <clears throat> and now this area here would have been just, I think, to the northwest of Padre, South Padre. So South Padre Island. So that's way down in South Texas, and it's on the coast. And that laguna there, it's like it's kind of like an inland lake that kind of parallels what it is, and it parallels the ocean. You can see it on a map. And they were there, and they were, you know, their boy, her boyfriend was was fishing in the laguna, and I can't remember if he didn't have his fishing license or he wasn't supposed to be there or something. So they kind of got off into like a little cove there. And they see somebody in a boat that was coming towards them, and they think that it was uh, a game warden, like a like was checking people's licenses. So they kind of were hanging out in this little cove, and they see this creature that they can only describe as a crocodile with no legs. And instead of legs, it had like flippers, and it was up on the shore. And when it saw them, it went down into the water and began to head for them very quickly. And she said that it looked like it was about 15 feet long and probably weighed like several hundred pounds. Wow. And she said, dude, this thing was prehistoric looking. It had a weird looking like like uh, muzzle on it. She, she said muzzle, but I know that's not, you know, I don't know. I don't like know snout. That's the correct term would be snout. but. She said it was like a muzzle, but she said th- she said the thing was like had a very rounded muzzle, but it was very pointed too, you know. And and she said that it had like these flippers, like these little rounded looking flippers. Yeah. And so I asked her, I was like, you know, like a mosasaur, all these different things. Nothing that she looked at fit the description of what she saw. And then they, he got in his boat and took off. And luckily for him. Uh, the the authorities were messing with someone else. And so he just booked it and got uh-huh. out of there and got back onto the shore. She said they weren't in a very big boat, but this thing eventually followed them for a while. You could see it right above the water. Then it ducked down and it was under the water. And she was like, that was really scary because we didn't know where it was or where it was going to reappear. And she said that it was like, it had a weird looking tail, like a, like an up and down tail. Um, like with the, like, it almost like a fin, you know? Um, but she said, literally, if you took a crocodile and just gave it like a more streamlined body with like a very thin up and down tail, you know, then she said that take, take these kind of round too. take, take the tail and kind of make it like a round shape, kind of where it sticks out of the water. Mm-hmm. And the, the, instead of legs, give it flippers. Huh. And she said, but it was able to move those flippers to, to, in like it, for its locomotion to get it off of the shore. Uh, greenish brown color, um, just really weird, man. Really odd looking creature. Yeah, with uh, that snout, I'm picturing like an alligator, like a big, huge alligator gar with flippers. 
Yeah, something and, like but, that. But a tail instead of a tail fin. Those, uh, just an alligator gar is just, it's a oh, hideous, gnarly, ugly, dude. nasty looking fish. If you give it like a, uh, a tail instead of a tail fin and put flippers on it, that just looks like a monster. <laughs> it's creepy, man. Like there's enough weird stuff on land, but the, the, the water can hold all kinds of The water's of stuff. terrifying. Yeah. It is very terrifying. So I thought that was a really weird uh, story. Um, I don't know. You're not safe anywhere from these creatures. Yeah. You know? So you got these flying creatures. You got aquatic creatures. You got freaking, you know, hairy uh, human-like creatures. And you if you stay inside, foot. the ghosts will get you. So you can't go anywhere. <laughs> can't do nothing. You go on the ground and the reptilians will get you. <laughs> yeah, you can't hide from them. Or the kobolds. Yeah. Yeah, the little dog men, the little ones. Yeah. I don't know, man. That story was freaky, man. But she, she gave me that story. That happened back in 1998. She said it was a long time ago, but um, still no less scary. So moving on from that one, there's another one I got um, very similar to that. Now, this one happened off of Rockport. And Rockport is like across the, 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 the water from uh, Port Aransas. So... Yeah, this one happened uh, uh, in, in Rockport, and I remember I was going to tell this one at one point, and I never got around to telling it, and so here it is, uh, and, and it's it's not a real long one either. There were some guys that were fishing, and they were just like, if you if you go to Rockport, you can fish right there off of the, the coast line, you know, um, just like you can in Port Aransas, but Rockport is like, the way it's made, it's like there's like this, if you look at it on a map... You can see it's almost like it's it's like it's like it's there's this huge landmass that goes across, um, almost like it's cutting off the ocean, but it's not. There's a really slim, like thin area at the very very south where you you know things can come up and go in, and so whatever this was, it was like the way that it was described to me. They they saw it come right up alongside their boat. Very creepy looking thing. It was like almost like it had like a shark, but with like crocodilian legs. That's yeah. weird. Very weird. And that it was able to come up along the side of their boat. And they were like, that looks like a shark. But that it, when it got closer, um, it didn't have like the fins coming off the sides of it. It had these weird looking legs. But then in the back, there were no legs. <laughs> so it was weird. It was very weird. And they saw it and they, they, they observed it for like a couple of minutes. And then the guy was like, dude, I'm going to get my cell phone out. This wasn't a long time ago. It was like 2012. He's going to get my cell phone out and take a picture of it. And then it just like submerged and was gone. And then they, 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 they saw it like go down into the water and disappear. And they were right there on the, on the like beach, you know? Yeah. And it came so close to them and it crawled up onto the, like a rock and then just like went back down to the water. They said it wasn't overly large. It was about six foot. And they said that the weirdest thing about it was that it had like human-like eyes. And when it looked at them, they thought they could see like like a humanness to the eyes. And yeah, it was a freaky creature, man. They said it was like brown, like a bronze color. And it was just gone. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, not a real long sighting. But yeah, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty intense. Yeah. Pretty weird. Not very long, but it's a pretty ugly one. That one doesn't even. Like makes sense because I was like, the, the 
biology of that one kind of it's like some me. freakazoid creature yeah it's like someone yeah like the, like the like it had like weird looking like kind of like alligator looking legs you know and like no back legs yeah that's the part that doesn't make sense to me well there are creatures that do kind of look like that they, they swim around like tadpoles or something excuse me they look like tadpoles or something and they have like front legs i can't remember what they're called but um yeah, anyway, I, I don't know. That's weird. And then, last here, I got a story. This one was really freaky. It was right outside of Alice, Texas. I mean, uh, Kingsville, Texas. In between Bishop and Kingsville. And this is cool. Because I just got this one recently. And remember, we were talking about the Minotaur. And then we, we had talked about one of these um, down in Mexico. And it was, I believe the episode was called The Devil Lives in Durango. So this is cool. And it's not a really long story, but it is pretty cool. Um, I guess it might not be so cool if it happened to you, but I think it's a pretty cool story. And luckily it didn't attack or do anything crazy, but these guys were driving and they were, they were, they were going down the highway and it was on Highway 77 in between Bishop and Kingsville, closer to Kingsville. <clears throat> and this thing... As they were driving, heading south, was in the middle of the road. And as it got closer and closer and closer, they could see that it was an, a black creature, well, blackish brown. And as they got closer, they said, dude, this thing was, it had a bull head on it. Like it had horns, big long horns. And the way that they described it was like if you took a Texas longhorn with its head like that, with big old horns. And just gave it humongous shoulders and like of a man, and then the lower body with like the back legs of a bull, and it was just standing up. And he said it was probably about nine foot tall, and it was just standing in the middle of the highway, and it was raining, um, not pouring down, but it was drizzly, you know. And it was in the middle of winter, and they could see this thing clearly, like in their in their their lights on. They had the high beams, and they said, "Dude, it looked just like a minotaur, like you would think of, like a like a minotaur." And then it just turned and it took off to the east um, of the highway and was just out of sight. So it was only there for a few minutes, uh, you know, a few because they were getting closer and closer. When they got close enough to like make out what it was and like get a grasp of what they were looking at, it disappeared. It took <laughs> off into the into the brush. But I thought that was interesting. So now we have another Minotaur story. Yeah. But it didn't do anything. I mean, there was nothing really. It was just kind of there. Yeah, it was just kind of there. I mean, I guess it would be a better story if it attacked them. And <laughs> but for their sake, I guess. You you know, got, it didn't. You I don't gotta, know. With minotaurs, it's like, I don't even know if. You, that's something that people are going to get a story from. I feel like with a minotaur attacks, and it just, you know, you hear about it from the destruction it caused, not from someone surviving. Well, you got to get back in touch with them and tell them to go back down there and, and get attacked by it. To get us a better story. Yeah, I did make a joke. I was like, dude, you didn't stop the vehicle, stop your truck, and just get out and run into the woods trying to find it, you know? Yeah, yeah we can deputize rush. Yeah, we can deputize them as our boots on the ground uh, yeah. journalists. Yeah, take take the risks. You know? Yeah. We'll reap the rewards and the profits from from you taking the risks. <laughs> so that that's pretty much it, folks. Um those that's our South Texas potluck, I guess, crypt cryptid potluck yeah um but yeah very very weird stories these stories now i'm going to do another one of these and follow up on on some stuff you know definitely with the uh flying creatures there's a bunch of these 
Another thing we didn't touch on because I want to do an entire episode on it are these raptor slash baby T-Rex type creatures that you get different variations of yeah. uh, down in South Texas. Oh, you got to catch those when they're small so you can kick them and stomp them. Well, small for a T-Rex, but is bigger than a man. I'm talking about um, I'm talking about baby raptors. You can't let them grow up okay, to be well, big not, raptors. We're not talking about baby, you got to find them and just like these things are they're bigger than people. You got to you got to soccer kick them or like punt them, punt them like a football. Keep keep going with that. Hopefully, <laughs> to see what happens. He goes to kick one and it latches onto him and eats the bottom of his leg off. <laughs> and then for the rest of your life, you have a story to tell. Well, I saw something that looked like a baby raptor, so I thought I'd kick it, and it turned into like a, a rabbit animal and tore the bottom of my leg well, off. I mean, I like I would- foot, So I try to pull a couple WWE moves on I would him. kick it if I had no other choice. I mean, I, w- I would shoot it first, but you know, those things will close a distance. And at, at that point- <laughs> I got a whole scenario laid out for this thing. I really don't want to shoot down towards my foot, so I'm just going to have to kick it and, and like create some distance so that I can shoot it. You got to worry or about stab it. the alignment of the stars and the moon at that time, though, because you don't want the gleam of the moonlight to hit you. You in can the say eye what you want, but shooting. if a raptor attacks you, you're getting killed, and I'm not. If that ever happens, I'll be I'll be make sure to compare notes with you. I'm since prepared a raptor for a raptor both. attack, for a little person attack, for anything smaller than me you're attack. Just attack little people. Anything smaller than you attack. Yeah. There's well, a lot of things except, smaller than you that are except, still way more except vicious. for a chimpanzee. All right, I'm I'm just gonna run away from a chimp. You can't get away from them; they're fast. You can't get away from a chimp. Well, I'm not gonna be in the area where a chimp can close the distance between me. But you're gonna be around raptors kicking them. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna go to Raptor Island. To get them? <laughs> let's just go. Let's go to Raptor Island. Let's see what happens. Well, no, but you know where chimps are. You, you don't know a where a raptor's gonna be. Well, anyways, I don't know. South Texas is pretty creepy. Got a lot of weird stuff going on, man. I mean, I got so many stories out of there. We could do two more of these. But uh, a lot of, like, dinosaur stuff, man. Yeah, I've been Bigfoot. hearing that a lot then from the South Texas. A lot of, like, they mm-hmm. see been seeing. Flying, mm-hmm, swimming. Flying ones, running ones. Running and whatever else. I, I, to me, I would think, you know, like, like, like what happened with that dogman creature would be pretty terrifying. But I don't know, man. I'd be pretty scared of those creatures in the water, too. Flying ones, I think, would scare me. Really? Because mm-hmm. you can't really get away. You can't get away from any of them. Well, you... I mean, if you go inside, if, if you have cover, you can get away from a flying one. But, like, the ones on land, you can't get away. For, you like, can't if, really... if, you, if you enter a building or something, you, I mean, if you can get into it, they can get into it. But if something's, like, flying, I don't know. Like, that would still be scary, but it seemed like it'd be easier to escape if you're near shelter. I don't know. Water seems like the most easy to avoid for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just stay out of it. (laughs) But then if you have that thing that was on the land, it could get up onto the land and go back into the water. Like alligators and crocodiles. They can do that. So, I mean, I've even heard that they can move really fast, too. Like, they can come out of the water and, like, run pretty quick. In a straight line, though. uh, On a video, like, a crocodile being, being attacked by lions. And it ran fast into the water. They're, they're crazy fast in a straight line. That's why they say like run zigzags or like running in wide circles. Mm-hmm. It's because they can't turn that well. But if they're going straight, they're insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, running downhill basically. So anything else to add before we, we call it a night? Nah. Man. Well, folks, thank you. That's all the time we have for tonight for Paranormal Roundtable. Everybody here um, who's listening, don't forget – 
to like and subscribe. And uh, we have several friends that have podcasts too. Bigfoot Michigan Rob. Check out his show, BMR. Uh, check out our friend Bart Nunley on Wednesday nights. Our friend Lyle Blackburn, who's got a podcast, Chris Garitano with Off to the Witch, Blondes and Booze. Um, who else? Uh, Tex from Texas Front Porch. And if I've forgotten anybody or missed anybody, don't take offense. It's just, you know, there's so many. Bettina Moss, Crypto Normal, and Curious Realm, Moss, Christopher Jordan. Curious, Curious Realm with Christopher Jordan. These are people to listen to when you're not listening to us. Thank you for everything y'all have done. Thank you for the support. Be sure and check out our Patreon. And buying a shirt or a hoodie is a good way to advertise and support the show at the same time. Um, you're supporting the show and you're giving us like you know some advertisement, you know. So check it out. We appreciate you. Uh, uh, and also, you don't have to donate, but it's appreciated. I have to say that it is appreciated. Check us out on the live stream Fridays and Sundays. And thank you and good night.